Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company, and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Hi, I'm Nikki Morley. I'm Head of Behavioural Science and Innovation Expertise at Kantar. At Kantar, we have an amazing innovation team, including some sensory specialists who work with brands and fragrance houses to develop holistic product propositions. Fragrance is often centre stage to this process, so I'm delighted when Felix offered to do a podcast with me so I could really get under the skin of innovation in a fragrance house and how they advise to work best with clients to develop winning fragrances for their new innovations. So I'm delighted to be joined by Felix Flowbein, who is Senior Vice President, Global Consumer Fragrances at DSM Firminish. Welcome, Felix. Thank you so much. I'm super, super happy and thrilled to be here with you. Brilliant. So... First of all, tell me a bit about your role at DSM Firminish. You know, Nikki, when people think about fragrance, uh, they usually immediately think about what we would call fine fragrance. So the alcoholic perfumery, the eau de colognes or the toilettes. And um, there's a whole other world to that as well. You know, fragrances for detergents and fabric uh, conditioners and shampoos and soaps and shower gels and candles and deodorants and so forth and so forth. And all these products... We summarize as uh, uh, consumer fragrances. And at DSM Firminish, I'm heading uh, our division for consumer fragrances. This is where we create all the perfumes for all these consumer goods, these, you know, for consumer or fast moving consumer goods that so many of uh, our listeners are hopefully using every single day. Brilliant. It's great that you explain that. It, it's familiar to me. I spent many years working in R&D with uh, fragrances, certainly in the area of sort of detergents and things. So I know it well, but no, great to sort of set the scene for what we're talking about today. So how important is innovation in DSM Firminish, Felix? Incredibly important. Incredibly important. I mean, innovation is what we do. It's it's our reason to be. It's, you know, 
every day, every, every hour, every minute we innovate, whether it's, it's our perfumers, you know, combining materials in a way that have never been combined before. That's massive innovation, whether it's uh, our scientists, our, our, our over 2000 scientists innovating by creating new molecules that have never been smelled before, whether it's new delivery technologies that we're de uh, developing that uh, bring the, the, the right olfactive signal to the right consumer touch point, uh, that's massive innovation. So our business model is innovation. That's what we do. Brilliant. I love that. I love the fact you say it's your reason to be. That's, that's super exciting to somebody like myself who uh, you know, is in the innovation space. So yeah, my reason to be, I like that. So tell me more about how you innovate uh, at Firmanish. Well, you know, when it's about perfume, when, in, when you talk about innovation in perfumery, it's very much about also inspiration. So where, so the real question maybe is where do you get your inspiration from? And I think there you have, there you have two sources, basically. You have the individual inspiration, right? That, you know, where does a perfumer get her or his inspiration from? And then there, where, so what, what is the collective uh, inspiration? Where does an organization get the, the inspiration from? And I think, you know, the first part is very, very personal. So a perfumer can get inspiration from basically anything, uh, a childhood memory, uh, a person that passes by, uh, a scent in nature, seeing a consumer doing a specific thing, you know, walking by a shop. I don't know, any kind of interaction with uh, people around or, or interaction with memories uh, can, can be an inspiration. I think that's, that's incredibly personal. And the many inspiration also comes just from 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 trying out new things that have never been done before by combining materials that have never been combined, by example, and so forth. And then I think then there's this collective inspiration. Uh, how does an organization innovate? How and, and where's the inspiration of an organization coming from? And here it's really the consumer. You know, that's the common denominator of all our innovation, of all our inspiration. Uh, because you know, effectively we are a B2B to C company, right? We spend tens of millions every year on consumer research to make sure that you know we, we stay very very connected with the consumer immerse ourselves with the world of the consumer truly understand their lifestyles their behavior their needs uh their unmet needs of course primarily and and then basically try to answer that in, in, in a new way in a way that has been never done before for the consumer and I think the greatest innovation comes from the places where you have the most danger, the most pain, the most love, the most extreme feelings, uh, the most extreme emotions or situations. Um, that's, that's where we got a lot of our innovation from. Can you say more about that? Because, yeah, the, the role of fragrance or emotions in fragrance is, is huge. So can you say a little bit more about that? Well, I think, you know, it depends on, on uh, how do you interact with consumers? Um, you can, for example, say, you know, I, I really dive deeper um, into the understanding of consumers that really, really love something or really, really hate something, right? Because that's, that's when, when you go to these kind of extremes, then, then you understand truly, you know, what is it that's driving this, these, these, these strong reactions? Um, but you can also go to places where you have these extreme feelings or these extreme emotions, places in, in, in consumers' memories, but also you know, you visit part of the city where you have uh, the most danger and then you, you get new experiences that uh, take you out of your uh, daily context and, and, and daily, uh, take you out of your lab, basically, you know, where you're sitting and, and where, you're, where you're testing and experimenting um, and connect you with real life. 
And that's, I think that's the most important that, um, we, we, you know, all of us, we have office jobs, right? We are in, 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 in these, uh, um, more or less beautiful offices and labs. And we need to connect ourselves with life again to make really meaningful innovation for consumers. Brilliant. I love that. I love the idea of sort of like, you know, looking outside for that inspiration. Now, one of the things that you have to do is obviously work a lot with clients to create fragrances. And, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced that in my time. Mm. So tell us about that, that process, that, that sort of process of, of actually working with a client to develop a fragrance. And, and as part of that sort of, you know, what, what are the typical things that sort of go well and perhaps not so well in that process? First of all, all customers, every customer, each and every single customer is different, right? But if you try to cluster a little bit, right? Just to, just to make it uh, a little bit more distilled for our, for our listeners. Um, I think that we can maybe identify two typical type of customers. You know, one type um, comes with a, a relatively clear expectation of what fragrance uh, we are looking for. Maybe can express more or less well what how this exactly smells like, but that person comes with a lot of personal conviction and vision what we would like to achieve together and what 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 kind of emotions. Uh, we would like to evoke with consumers and what kind of benefits we want to try to communicate to consumers. You have somebody who really believes in his or her vision of that product. With this kind of customer group, of course, you try to understand very well what it really is, what we would like to achieve, and then work together with that person to deliver on that ambition. And so there are a lot of interactions and a lot of iterations with that person to really get to the point where the where the customer says that's it, right? This is this is it, and then and then they're put there very often not 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 only all their uh, conviction behind, but also very often their career at stake, right? To say because this is I really believe in this, I put my money behind this, I put my budget behind it, and sometimes even their career at stake. But, you know, this is sort of the group of the people who know what they want and, and, and have the conviction and then go for it. And then you have another group who says, you know, frankly, I know where I want to drive my brand towards, but I'm not a fragrance specialist and I want the consumer to decide. And so then we work together on understanding which consumer in what context, you know, what are the right consumer touch points to then make sure that we work together with this customer to delight the consumer to levels that have never been done before. And then basically the, um, the, the deciding factor then is usually a consumer research test, right? The, the, the question will then be, you know, how, how do we design the test and how do we make sure that we, I, we, we test it also with the right consumer? So very often, uh, and now answering to the question of what are challenges, very often then in, with the first group, you know, the people who have a lot of conviction, there comes a moment of doubt right? And say, okay, I thought I knew what I wanted, but now I smell so many new things and I, I'm, I'm exposed to so many new areas. Did I really have, you know, was I really that clear of what I was looking for? And do I continue to be as convinced as I used to be in the beginning? And I think that's, that's a normal process of any innovation, right? That you, you have to pass these moments of doubts and then reconfirm and then do your homework and then reconfirm, you know, why what you've believed in from the beginning is the right thing or potentially pivot and then take it to somewhere else that you have not imagined today. And with the second group of, you know, the, the clients who are more just very focused on on driving superior consumer delight confirmed in a in a consumer research test, then we work with them to understand, you know, who exactly is the consumer who would want to delight so that we don't, you know, we don't try to please everybody. And then come up with a solution that is 
liked by everybody, but not loved. We want to make sure that we really understand who is your core consumer and then make sure that these consumers are really, I mean, we want to blow it out of the park with them, right? So they they need to love it. They need to love the solution. And and that's then a lot of the fine tuning that we need to uh, we need to do because usually not not everybody has done this uh, this kind of work to to become really precise of what we would like to achieve. Brilliant, and it's interesting to see that, that there are these two groups within both of those groups. Obviously, they have to sort of brief you well. And you talk, for example, of some of them can express the feeling, the benefit. Those briefs themselves, when they come in, what does the good look like when you get it right and you say, oh, this client, this client gets this, you know, what is it that makes it for a really good brief? Enormous clarity of what it is that we actually want to achieve, right? And that can mean many, many, many things. When you work with consumers and I have a lot of consumer interaction, you understand what your products are actually driving with the consumer. Let, let me give you a couple of examples. So I've been immersing myself with consumers in the Middle East, for example, and there I understood that uh, the scent of the clothes are so incredibly important because the wife that usually works at home and you know, takes care of the house and also takes care of the, the, of the, of the clothes of the husband who is then sent out to work that that woman at home wants to send a message to all the other people that her husband interacts with during the day. And that message that she sends out to all the people that her husband interacts with where she's not present is, there's an amazing woman at home who takes care of her husband. And by the way, there is a home woman at home, so hands off, right? <laughs> and when you understand that, then you, then you, then you, then you really understand of how important this, these signals are and how to drive them. I immerse myself with consumers in India where, you know, I've been doing some consumer research with the ladies who wash their, their hair only once a week because they can't afford more. And they used to I have a tiny little sachet that costs one rupee and when they explain to you how important this moment of washing their hair is, because it's the only time in the week where they do something for themselves. And when they really feel like a woman, because of this act of beauty where they care for themselves and how incredibly important the scent is in that moment to feel beautiful and to, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an act of self love as well in that moment. You understand what responsibility you have in creating a fragrance that convokes this feeling, this emotion in that particular moment, right? Because the consumer lives off that for the next week until the next hair wash, right? And I can go on and on with, 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 con- with, with stories where we understand how, how important the product is for the consumer and what it is that you try to achieve. So the clearer you are from the beginning of what it is that you would like to achieve with your target group, the better you can obviously achieve that objective. That was brilliant. I love the, the way you brought that to life. It, it, that It's so important to really think about the consumer, as you say, but really understand that sort of that deep human understanding, deep behavioral contextual understanding. Yeah. Oh, that's such amazing examples. Actually, it takes me back to my uh, R&D days, as I say. I want to sort of shift gear a little bit because obviously it must be particularly exciting that, you know, with the merger of DSM and Firminish coming together as one company, sort of, you know, that must open up some opportunities, Felix. Tell, tell me about that. Uh, it opens a gazillion of opportunities. The business case of this merger between DSM and Firminish. So DSM, a, a company that has its root in, in mining, who 20 years ago decided that this is not future proof, divested all 
their previous businesses to reinvest in future-proof businesses, decided that they invest in, 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 in nutrition, uh, human nutrition, animal nutrition, vitamins, with, with, with a number of bold, uh, bold on, uh, acquisitions, is coming together with a company, uh, Ferminish, who for 125 years have been innovating in the space of perfume and flavors, originally discovering or synthesizing natural raw materials. And it took uh, Firmish uh, more than 30 years to actually create their first perfume, 30 years after their, their, their original foundation. So, you know, two companies are coming together that have their roots in transformation and innovation. They're coming together now as one company to bring progress to life, you know, as a, as a world leader, in the most important consumer needs, nutrition, health, and beauty. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. And what is so incredibly powerful about this combination about these companies is that we're combining what is essential for life, what is desirable for consumers, and what is sustainable for the planet. And as I said in the beginning, this, the, the, the business case of this merger is based on innovation. It's not two non-performing companies who come together and try to, uh, try to somehow make it work in the future. No, it's, it's the combination of the innovation power which we believe in can make a much, much, much bigger difference for our customers, but ultimately the consumers. And here again, let me give you, you know, just a, a couple of examples to, to, to bring this to life. So first of all, these two companies together have an innovation budget of 750 to 800 million euros a year. That is unmatched. And it's, it's the size of a big pharma company, but focusing on consumer delight, right? This company has 16,000 patents, 15 R&D centers, 2,000 scientists. So it's a, it's a powerhouse of innovation. And we bring the best of DSM together with the best of Firminish with extremely complementary capabilities. One, one great example is biotech, for example. Firminish is the spearhead of perfumery biotech discovery. So really, really good at identifying new biotech effective materials. Incredibly important, of course, to uh, drive sustainability in the, the products of, uh, of our customers, re replace raw materials that are either 
uh, you know, have a very high CO2 emission or a, a not a, a very good uh, um, a sustainability footprint or just scarce as well. And, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to keep cutting trees uh, that are very important for, for, for the, for nature and the planet. If you can also have a biotech route to produce uh, the material. So as I said, Fermage is the spearhead of discovery of biotech. And DSM has incredible capabilities of actually manufacturing these materials, something that uh, Fermage was lacking before. And bringing both of this together, you have an end-to-end biotech machine um, that will uh, create incredible output in the future. Fermage had also had an, a, an enormous discovery machine when it came to new synthetic perfume raw materials. Every year, we discover 2,000 new-to-the-world perfume materials and then we screen them down, screen them down to, in the end, launch only four of those every year and bring them to the market. Now, what DSM has that Fermage did not have in the past is an incredible machine to screen those materials for additional benefits. Because, I mean, we screen always for affection, but, I mean, DSM is screening also for what are the active cosmetic benefits of those materials. And now imagine that we bring all those materials that we have ever created that are still new to the world in our library, but not yet launched, and put them through this incredible screening machine that uh, DSM has to identify for additional benefits outside of affection. This is a massive, this is a massive opportunity of uh, innovation that is there so, uh, somehow sitting there on a, on a digital shelf uh, and not being used. So these are just, these are just two examples of how, you know, the innovation capabilities of these companies are really complementary. And when we want to bring this to, to the next level, specifically for perfumery and beauty, you know, think about that DSM brings a lot of materials to our customers that are the reason for the claim of the product, right? I mean, they're, 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 they're bringing the active cosmetics to our customers and, you know, the, 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 pep, the peptides, the anti-aging materials, the UV filters, uh, the microbiome products, and so forth and so forth. But the perception of those benefits in the final product comes through the perfume, right? It's the scent experience that makes the claim perceivable and that makes the active in the product perceivable for the consumer. Now, if you bring both of this together, the, the, the benefit and the perception of the benefit, and we, we think this together, not only in the final product, but also upstream in our upstream innovation, well, then we open up completely new areas, untapped areas of innovation that have never been untapped before. I think, you know, when you, when you think this a little bit further, the best active, the best cosmetic active, plus the best perfume does not necessarily give the best product. Because, you know, you need to have a perfume that actually enhances the perception of the active. They need to, they need to, they need to work together to create an increasing, an, an amazing consumer experience. So that's why I think there's so much incredible innovation power by, by thinking those together upstream as much as downstream. Wow. <laughs> there was so much in there. I absolutely don't know where to start, but I, and that was incredible. And, and I can see absolutely the benefit of, of bringing those two companies together, as you say, with it. And Nikki, you know what? I mean, I've only been talking about product innovation. Yeah. There's yeah. so much more innovation, right? There's innovation of ways of working. There's innovation in, um, in supply chain, tons of supply chain innovation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I alluded a little bit to it, but supply chain innovation, there's efficiency innovation, right? Yeah. How we, how, how we manage the end to end processes. And of course, innovation and sustainability, advocacy, regulatory, there, there is, there's so much innovation on so many levels. 
you know, that, that's why this is the business case of these two companies coming together. Amazing. And, and you talk about sort of efficiencies and things. So I'm going to ask the question, where are you in, on, on your journey with AI? You know, the hot topic of the minute. So sort of, tell me about the role of AI in all of this. Well, AI, I, AI, I mean, is, a, is an incredibly important topic. I wouldn't call it a hot topic. A hot in a sense that, of course, it's, it's extremely relevant, but not controversial. No, no. Why am I saying this? Is because we've embraced AI as a as a tool to to enhance, to empower everybody in our organization. And today, there's not one perfume that we are creating that is not empowered, enhanced by AI. the The tool that our perfumers use every day to create fragrances with is filled, you know, powered muscled up with tons of AI. And the idea is that basically we bring to the service of our perfumers all the intelligence and, and, and all the learnings, the know-how that has been created in the past so that they have it automatically at their fingertips and so that they can then focus on the real act of creation and the real act of innovation. All the data, the massive amount of data that we have on stability testing of raw materials all the incredible data that we have collected over the last 50 years on consumer research around the whole world, all the millions of data points that we have in uh, previous perfumers putting raw materials together in their formulation, you know, these millions of formulas that we have in our database, you know, all the, all the technical data points that we have about the performance of ingredients at different touch points, all of this we can bring together and and, and, and boost basically the creation of our perfumers by, 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 by loading all of this already into the system that our perfumers are working with. So they, they don't have to remember all of this, but they automatically have it in, in, you know, included in their, in, in their, in their modules and in their, in, in their tools that they're using. So that basically they can then concentrate on breaking the rules, basically, that have been created over the last 120 years. Right. Because that's essentially what it's about. Right. So AI brings all that knowledge, all the data, all the rules that other people have created, you know, to their fingertip so that then the real creators can then experiment by breaking those rules again and see, you know, what happens. So, you know, AI for us is something that we use everywhere, not only with our creators, but also we use it in supply chain. We use it in upstream discovery. We use it in a new business model like Scentmate by Furmish, for example, where we have completely rethought the way how we can bring uh, all the capabilities and tools of, uh, of uh, DSM Furmish to, um, uh, to uh, the entrepreneurs and newly founded brands that are, you know, popping up everywhere and bring sort of uh, all our expertise to this very fragmented market. Um, then we use a lot of AI so that we can, that we can tailor made to these very fragmented market, um, uh, the, the, the best of what we have to offer. It's, it's a tool that makes all of us so much more powerful than just um, building on the individual experience of singular person and then a system of trial and error. Thanks for that. Well, I want to just go and scratch underneath something you talked about earlier because it's quite important to me. This, this idea of sort of uh, the best actives and the best perfume mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. always give the best outcome. And... Holistic sort of sensory thinking, the role of sort of perception that is is really important to us at, at Cantor. And I agree. And so, tell me a little bit more about how you sort of really get to that, how you really understand that. 
So that's a question of collaboration and collaboration end-to-end, -end, meaning it, we need to have a collaboration already upstream and thinking this all the way to downstream when you deploy the innovation that uh, are, you have available. And then I think what's important as well is that you demonstrate to your, the customer where is the beauty in bringing these capabilities together and thinking holistically together because very often our customers also have different teams working those areas of, of product innovation separately yep. and yep. only bringing it together towards the end. Yep. So you very often you have a fragrance team, uh, very often R&D, and then you have an upstream uh, team uh, in R&D working on the actives. Um, and very often they only meet sort of in a product that has already been predefined and it's ready to, to be launched. So we're working with our customers to show them what are, what are the opportunities that open up if we bring those two things together in, in our world as a, as, a, uh, as a business partner, as a supplier, but also, of course, in the product development of our customers. So they will bring the thinking there together. That very often starts at the top, right? So this is, you know, the, I think the, the, the leadership uh, of these organizations um, need to see the opportunity in it. Uh, I think then we need to show how much more consumer light you can create if you actually think it together from the get-go. And then, you know, success triggers more success. And it, uh, so once you've demonstrated it, then, 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 then people jump on it. So we've made some, some very good experiences uh, with customers that are very much forward thinking and, and, and um, have expertise, a lot of expertise in both. And um, I think now it's on us to, to, to demonstrate the benefit of it so that our customers then see it and, and adopt that new ways of working. Absolute music to my ears, Felix. I've, I've worked in consumer insight and R&D and also sort of marketing and, and more upstream. So, yeah, and I'm always sort of, when, when we do a lot of writing in this space, always saying, if only these teams could come together to think more holistically early on. So, yeah, absolute music to my ears. <laughs> it's about building bridges. It's about yes. bringing people together. It's about, you know, bringing brain power together, connecting the dots. And then, and then, it, th then it takes off itself, you know? Exactly. Yes. Because it's, 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 it's so obvious. It's just, you know, once you've built that bridge and when you, when you see the sparks flying. Amazing. Yep. So great. You, you didn't just hear it from me now. You also heard it from Felix, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got probably time for, for one more question. And I always like to ask this question. So to finish, what top tip do you have for innovators out there? Look, I think, you know, all innovators have to have to have to fight with the same barriers of people telling them that's not possible, uh, that's not allowed. Um, that's not the way we do it. <laughs> that's not the way we do it, exactly. If it would be so great, it would have been done before. <laughs> so I think, you know, the, the, the top tip, for, my top tip for innovators is listen to your inner motor, which helps you to overcome all these people externally who, who, who tell you all these negative things and then keep breaking the rules. That's the most important. Because we are, we are, we're so we're, we're so limited by all the rules that have ever been set up for good reasons, but good innovation only comes from the fact that we break those rules again and then see what happens. That's a wonderful way to finish. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Keep breaking the rules. Oh, thank you ever so much, Felix, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really taking me back to my R and D roots. <laughs> well, thank you, Nikki. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's it's so great to uh, you know. It, Again, innovation is such an amazing topic, and it's so uh, it's so vast, but also so critical to everything that we do. So, you know, I'm 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 very very happy that I had the opportunity today to talk to you about how we innovate, what we bring to consumers, um, the, the progress that we bring to life uh, on the new DSM Furminish. 
all the opportunities they're opening up. And, and it's always great to connect with people who are equally passionate and engaged in innovation like we are. So always a pleasure to connect with you, Nikki. Amazing. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.